This podcast is sponsored by Slow Wave. Are you looking for more calm and less stress in your day? The world is chaotic and distractions are everywhere. It's easier for me to be creative when I feel calm. And that's why I'm really into the new modern CBD experience from Slow Wave. This new brand designed a CBD line to help creators feel calm and centered, to be more creative, stay focused, and do their best work. I usually start my day with their Super Halo Day Blend gummies and a cup of coffee, and it really helps me get dialed in so I can get more done. Visit slowwave.com and use the code BETTERYET15 to save 15% off your order. Welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guest, Chris Farron. The hottest man in indie rock is back, baby. What a show for you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to all who are subscribing to the show on your podcast player of choice. I'd like to invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com, and check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at betteryetpod. How are we doing today? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram at daggermtncoffee, my favorite coffee roaster in the USA, right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the home of Better Yet since October of 2020. Been drinking the limestone blend, perfect cup of coffee, sweet chocolatey flavors, rich body. Pick yourself up a bag at DaggerMountain.com. How we doing, Bubba's? Had a hell of a time since we last spoke. I went to Detroit with my main crew for WWE SummerSlam. We saw main event Jey Uso fall just short of dethroning the champion Roman Reigns. A heartbreaker, but an excellent show. Had a great time in Detroit. We've probably watched Detroiters five times in the past year, and we got to go to Temple Bar, which was very cool. We were all quoting Detroiters, and I think you should leave sketches. Kept saying, I'm not in trouble at all. And then on Wednesday, did something that I'd never done before. I saw Bruce Springsteen. Really, truly magical. He even played Johnny 99. We saw him at Wrigley Field. He played for three hours. He was everything you could hope for. I'm glad I got to see him. I would definitely 
definitely do it again. I had the great pleasure of being interviewed by the incomparable Todd L. Burns for his Music Journalism Insider newsletter. You can check that out and sign up for the newsletter at musicjournalisminsider.com. We are sponsored by Slow Wave CBD. Slow Wave is a brand new CBD brand that was started by Allegra Anka, formerly of Cayetana. Slow Wave is CBD for creative people. Helps you feel calm, centered, and inspired. I use a hotel flowers tincture every day, and it really helps me get into the creative zone for the podcast and for my other creative ventures. And I've tried a few other CBD brands before, but Slow Wave products work great, and they taste great, too. Visit shopslowwave.com and use the promo code BETTERYET15 to save 15% on your order. All right, my guest this week is Chris Farron. Chris was on the show in 2017, touring on his record Can't Die. Since then, he's released another LP, Born Hot, in 2019, Death Don't Wait, an original motion picture soundtrack in 2021, and earlier this year, a brand new LP called Doom Singer. We talk about all of those records and how the experience of making solo records led him to seek out a new collaboration with drummer Frankie Impostato, known for her work in Max Seal. We talk a lot about that collaboration and how it opened Chris back up and allowed him to have a little fun making records again. You can feel the fun on Doomsinger, and of course, you can feel the fun in our conversation. So let's get to that. Thank you for listening to Better Yet. We'll be back in two weeks. For now, here's me and Chris Farron. Oh, yeah. Chris Farron is here. Chris, welcome to Better Yet. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Dude, it's so good to see you. Last time I saw you, it was 2016, and we were were only drinking O'Doul's. Now the world has changed. Yeah. You can get great non-alcoholics everywhere. I know. It's 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 wild. Really the only thing that has improved since the last time that I saw you, I think. Truly, yeah. People don't <laughs> laugh in your face when you ask for a non-alcoholic beer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to us from Eagle Rock, right? That's right. That's I right. I listened to the record. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, Silver Lake. He's in Silver Lake. And then I listened to the new one. I said, oh, he moved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the vibe in Eagle Rock like? Uh, it's, uh, 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 there's a Target. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a lot hillier than Silver Lake, or the, it, my area of Silver Lake that I used to live in. So mm-hmm. basically, our our place is like, Three times bigger and so much nicer than it was in Silver Lake, but I preferred the neighborhood of Silver Lake because I was here, looking into Silver Lake. It seemed like it was a pretty happening spot. Yeah, and it's very walkable and shit. And here is just simply not very walkable. So I spend a lot of time not leaving my house. <laughs> Are you going to the movies a lot there? I am going to the movies as at least let's say once a week, probably. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! You're in. The, I'm seeing Barbie tonight. Oh fuck yes! Yeah, we're going this weekend. Nice, this nice. Really yeah. gonna date this conversation because this episode isn't gonna come out for a couple weeks. I'm gonna be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> 
Did you see uh, Oppenheimer? Not yet. I have to. It's all. I have a long list. I was trying to do the. Again, this is like in a few weeks. This is like a useless conversation. But I was <laughs> trying to do the uh, Barbenheimer. Uh, but unless you're trying to do that like alone, it's hard yes. to do because yes. these are popular movies, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're planning on maybe doing the the Barbenheimer this weekend, but then, you know, we got the dogs to worry about. So yes, exactly alone. And it's my partner's birthday, but I think that maybe I'll just go and then she can stay with the dogs. I think that would perfect. be a good present. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but the question on everybody's mind, Chris is where did you see Talar? Uh, well, which time the first time I saw it in, <laughs> in LA. And then the second time, I took my friend and drummer Frankie to see it uh, somewhere like in Valdosta, Georgia, when we were on tour together. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Frankie is like not as a, a person who doesn't really like movies. One of these. So you're like, watch one of these three hour yeah, joints. Well, you're really not going to like this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. So I took her to see that. And then the third time I, I watched it on my uh, on my TV at home. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it three times, all at home. But I'm quite happy to own the Blu-ray. Beautiful. Is there is there deleted scenes in the Blu-ray? Because there's no deleted nothing if you buy it on iTunes or whatever. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I haven't. I haven't checked into it. And what happened to this little short film that is supposed to be an addendum to Tar called the the fundraiser or something? Did you hear about this? No, I haven't. Please. Well, tell me there, more. there's some. I, I forget the, in, the the details now, but there's some sort of fucking little like uh, expansion of the Tar cinematic universe. Oh my god! That is like a little short film that I think is probably just like a collection of deleted scenes because. If you look at some, I like Tar way too much, but if you look at uh, some of the trailers, there's like stuff that you're like, that's not in the movie. That's not in the movie. They're like in like yeah, a place yeah. where, where you're like, that's not in the movie. So this is sounding familiar. I don't know. It's out there. Did you find it hard? I guess was it, did it hurt your feelings on the movie Tar when you saw Todd Field at the Academy Awards wearing that crazy get up? He had a His wild, hat. <laughs> wild hat and sunglasses going on. Yeah, he. Yeah, I saw a lot of his hat work. Hey, you can, I mean, whatever. He wants now, to wear his hats. I think my favorite uh, thing about the movie Tar is just replying "Tar" in all caps with an exclamation point anytime I see Tar content out there. Absolutely, Frankie and I have been saying. Uh, calling out uh, what we consider to be very tar-like behavior. Like, usually it's just at each other if one of us, like, says, like, I don't want to go to that restaurant or something like that. <laughs> and we're like, well, that's kind of a tar behavior, I would say. And Control. I read, Chris, that tar was actually a big influence on your new album, Doom Singer. Can you uh, tell in me? a way, like, kind yeah. of uh, broadly and, and more, I think it... it it furthered a conversation that I was kind of having in my own head about um, art and mm -hmm. uh, expression of, of ideas. And the thing, you know, one of my things, the, the reasons I like and connected to Tar so much is that it, um, 
it doesn't tell you what to think about it. It doesn't give you like a a message or like a a like a tidy little here's what this movie is about and how you should feel about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I that's that's right. That's what I want to be up to. You know, I want to not be like these are my feelings. I have the right opinion on this. You know, uh, and this is exactly what you should take out of this. You know, I and I was yeah. So just kind of that that idea of like making things a little not not vague because because when you say vague, you it, it sounds like you're trying to be like uh like maybe like have like mass appeal and that's yeah. certainly not what i um am interested in i guess uh it's more just about um ambiguity a- ambiguity but but still you know still being uh, having uh specifics and stuff like that but just just um leaving things a little bit more up for interpretation but you know I, yeah there's like there's that tenderness that that movie has towards its subject who is obviously awful. Yeah, totally. Um, now before we get into Doom Singer, the brand new Chris Farron record out now on Polyvinyl Records, let's talk about another Chris Farron album and that's 2019's Born Hot. Beautiful album. A record first of all fantastic album cover that's your artwork yeah watercolor yeah probably yeah and pencil and pen and then some digital fuckery but but started as a as a thing um that's a record that you produced in your home studio is that correct and this very room you're looking at now wow that's not a very big room very small very small (laughs) Um, dude, I fucking like that record a lot. I have to tell you. you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I had, uh, I had not, I I was going to say I had a fun time making it, but that's not true. (laughs) Um, uh, I had a fun time touring after I made it and, and, you know, doing all the other stuff. I think it's some of your best songwriting. Like there's, there's sort of a classic, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It feels like it's like it's informed by music that's outside of your kind of, you know, your general punk rock, indie rock type thing. What what was what were you listening to around that time? For Born Hot, I, I would think uh, probably like a lot of that was probably my big Burt Bacharach phase oh, in my life. Oh, OK. Where I was really, really into Burt Bacharach. How did and that happen? I don't know. I just it it just dawned on me at a certain point that like he wrote all these songs I love uh and then I was just like I just wanted to get more into him and then I just started digging deeper and just loving more and more of everything I heard and just kind of the chords and stuff he would use just really resonated me with me for some reason so I was kind of like that kind of like bossa nova e thing yeah. as well and so I kind of tried to apply some of that to what whatever I already do, you know, uh, 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 that and kind of like Jens Lechman kind of like pop, oh, yeah. indie pop kind of thing. I love uh, fucking You're So Silent. Yeah. Jens is that the name yeah, of the Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I had a real specific Burt Bacharach like realization not too long ago, even when I was watching Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I mean, for people our age, that's how we found out about Burt Bacharach. <laughs> for sure. And there's that moment in Never Fall in Love Again when there's just one chord that he hits when I'll never fall in love again. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's a cool chord. What's going on here? And then yeah. straight up just went through so many Burt Bacharach songs. And then there's a great Spotify playlist that's just like my songs. And it's all like the most famous interpretations of them. And yeah, yeah fucking ever since then, that's a thing that I put on like at least once every other week. Yeah, he's great. Great Absolute songwriter. Genius. Um, Born Hot the fucking man. That thing goes. I love the one, two, three on that record. You start with busy, just kind of like little palate cleanser, and then your singles. Love theme from yeah. Born Hot. Search for me. Yes. Fucking hell yes. yeah. Thank you. I, I love the line on Search for Me about panicking in the Starbucks in the Target across the street. And that's the Target that we... And just... I already talked about that Target, yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, Too Dark, too, is one of my favorite songs. Oh, thank that you. That you've done, too. I love all the noises that you got going on. In oh, the yeah. You ever there? listen to that band, uh, The Not Twist or The No Twist? Not Twist? I, I, that's... They're like a, yeah. some sort of, some European country. <laughs> like, kind of like a... Like indie electronic band from like the early two thousands, late nineties, mm-hmm. and they have they do just they they were like who introduced me to like what's that weird electronic sound you know yeah. and and kind of just like building kind of sonic beds of kind of indiscernible sounds that kind of turn into like percussion or some other kind of mute, more musical element. So that was kind of what I was thinking in that song, uh, musically at least. Yeah. It's like this like rustling that's sort of percussive, but right. also not. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Oh, and then Laura Stevenson, like that song was like a fucking C plus, And then Laura came through and it made it like a fucking a plus song. She has that way. Certainly. She is truly the best to ever do it. Um you got that verse in that song that like I don't it, it just like really hit me this week and I keep thinking about it. It's the one about you Cassie being in Silver Lake while you're in Florida and then the way it just like comes around to you getting a notification that Cassie texted you saying she's going to bed. I, just there's something really 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 special in that little line you got thank you that's nice yeah it's just kind of like a little uh i don't know there's like no i'm not really sa- i i, I uh, i'm not really saying anything but there's so much subtext you know yeah i guess which is kind of like a I mean, this was before my big tar moment, but that is kind of like the <laughs> thing. Yeah. You got, speaking of Laura, so many great guest appearances on that record. Like, I love hearing Stevie Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adult Mom on Surrender. Yeah, Stevie rocks. 
I think that was the last time I saw you was when you were touring with Adult Mom. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. You just ended that set covered in confetti. Had to do it. I had to do it like that. <laughs> you you mentioned um, not having a very good time. You self-produced that record. Did you, had you done that before? Did you produce Can't Die? Or did yeah. you work with someone on that? Well, Can't Die was a, a little different of a process just because I had a, I had a real drummer on that record because it was like kind of like in the ashes of my old band. Uh, so I had uh, Sean, the drummer for, for Fake Problems, played drums on. So essentially, yes, I, I, I self-produced Can't Die as well. So And then uh, self-produced Born Hot and then and uh the death don't wait record too uh so it's all you know the self-producing thing has also always essentially been out of like just necessity like mm -hmm. I, I i know i'll be able to like you know the label gives me an amount of money that maybe if i wanted to i could spend like a very small amount of time in a studio uh and have a you know not much control or um have a lot more time and just do it myself and have total control which you know uh worked for me for a while and then it became just something where i realized like oh i'm like have no good memories of making these records because i'm mostly just alone in this room the whole time staring at my computer looking up how to make bass sound better on YouTube, you know, like yeah. shit like that. Like just, and just feeling every record I've made except for doom singer at a certain point while I was self-producing the record, I had the thought like, Oh, this is the worst record I've ever made, but I mm. have to finish it because the deadline's coming up and everyone's going to hate it, but I just have to finish it. So that, that in the is kind of constantly like yeah. in my head, yeah. Um, well, I really think it sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you know, looking back, it's it's I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. I love the drum programming that you did. Thank you on it. Um, was that self-taught programming drums? Yeah, I I, I kind of. It's, since I started making music when I was a teenager, I start. I was recording and making music. Like I started with like a, a program that was kind of like GarageBand called Acid. Uh huh. Uh, for like a Windows, you know, PC type situation. So as soon as I was like learning how to play guitar, I was also recording myself and like. Mm you know, making stuff like that. So I kind of like drum loops and drum programming was, has kind of always been like part of my vocabulary. I definitely have no drum, like dr drummer skill at all. And I, I don't, I think I do a lot of things wrong in programming and like, don't really uh, do it like the, well, uh, as I am learning now, as we're, we're practicing for this coming up, uh, doom singer tour with uh, with frankie my drummer she's mm -hmm. like you know a lot of this fucking shit is hard to play because it, <laughs> you, you weren't thinking of a real drummer you know yeah um 
I, ca- I guess I can feel the sort of mania that comes into because especially I guess what I was connecting to so much with Born Hot was just the sounds that were going on. Like yeah. all of the drum sounds were just so cool and so interesting. But then also um, reading a little bit about your experience looking back on it and hearing it from you now, it sounds like, yes, you really weren't leaving the house. You were just uh, working on drum sounds all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Essentially. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just not it's just it's just not very fun. Simply. It's like. And I'm not like really like a like a, I'm not really impressed with myself. I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I I'll often feel pretty down on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like a pretty bad uh, combination. <laughs> yeah, you got a happy lamp in there at least. What's that? <laughs> it's this great little UV light that you can put on your desk that you turn on for 15 minutes and then. You know, it's supposed to make I you feel better. It's what we, I mean, us in the Midwest, we have to deal with, you know, weather. Right, right. And right coldness right. and not having sun. Yeah. Um. So, long break, and then we get Death Don't Wait, original motion picture soundtrack for a movie that you made up. That's right. Um, tell me about this idea. How this uh, wild I, idea. It's so befitting of you and your aura. Everything that you do seems to make sense. That's good. I like that. To the outside. Yes. Yeah. Um, th- that record just kind of came, you know, obviously it was kind of, it was actually kind of at the end of, uh, at the end of the, uh, pandemic kind of, uh, when I, was really thinking about that like beginning of 2021 which you know whatever mm-hmm. who's to say that when the real end of the pandemic was but uh wait was that when i put that when did i put that record out 2022 yeah okay that makes sense um basically i was just uh i hadn't smoked weed in like a, a few months and then i smoked weed one time and i had the <laughs> idea to do it <laughs> incredible uh incredible. Like the, the, i'm the, the smartest man alive <laughs> yeah the genesis of it was just kind of um i had heard about you know this is actually humiliating i was watching a dog shit tv show called captain of or uh falcon and the winter soldier on uh-huh. disney plus yeah and yep. somebody and in that show they make a reference to a record called trouble man by marvin gay which I had never heard of before. And I looked into that and it turns out that is a soundtrack to a movie called Trouble Man that Marvin Gaye might be in, but also did the score Mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. And I was just listening to that record and I was like, this is so fucking cool. And I was kind of thinking to myself, I can't wait for the time in my life when I can do, make something like this, you know, when yeah. somebody who makes a movie is like, I, we want you to do this. And then I was like, well, I can also just do, do that uh, and not wait for anybody. And it could be just a, uh, at the time I was just thinking, this is just going to be, 
uh, a fun thing to do. Basically, I just it was just one of those moments where I had not had a good idea to me in a long time, mm-hmm. and then I had an idea and I couldn't stop like writing things like ideas like yeah. down for it. And I was just yeah. like, well, I have to just chase this because I'm so excited about this, and so I just kind of from you know from conceiving the idea to uh executing was pretty quick um were you writing like other songs at the time are you always writing you seem to have a sort of prolificness i i i I tried to be prolific but i also am not i'm i i'll write when it's time to write like Mm -hmm. i don't it's very very rare especially as i age which i have been doing um uh it's very rare for me to be so moved by my emotions to write a song. And that's yeah. the only way I would write songs when I was like a teenager in my, or in my twenties. But now I'm like, now it's kind of like, I will kind of schedule like big chunks of time mm-hmm. uh, to, to just write. So like, Basically, for every record, I'll be like, okay, it's time to start writing songs. And then a month will go by, and I still won't have written a single song because uh-huh. I will be scared. And then, and, then I, and then I will start kind of tiptoeing into writing songs. Uh, and then, like, the, the ideal situation is that I will wake up every day for, like, a month or two months and write a song every day. And then after that amount of time, I will look back on all, the, all everything I have and kind of, like, see what yeah. makes sense together, see what fits, see what kind of themes I keep coming back to or, or anything like that. Um, and then kind of just, you know, whittling it away or figuring out what I need, all that kind of thing. So this idea, I guess, was really, it seems like you just gave yourself like the perfect writing prompt. You didn't have to. Oh my God, it's yeah. so much easier. I mean, even just let alone ignore the part that you don't have to write lyrics, which is the most worst uh-huh. thing a human could ever have to do, especially for a living. Um, uh, but uh, just, just be like having a genre or a kind of like a framework to work in, which is kind of, I feel like as songwriters in like indie rock or whatever, it's rare to kind of have that, you know, like yeah. generally you're just like, what what do I want to say? What are my feelings? But when you have like such, when you give yourself like really specific parameters, it makes it, I don't know, more, it just makes it more fun and, and a lot easier. Uh, per- parameters in terms of, because you have created scenes for this film. Right. right. So basically, so every song, every song on the, on the, on the soundtrack album, I just kind of wrote down, in my like i wrote down in my little notes like uh you know what does every what kind of scenes do action movies have so i just wrote down all these scenes and then i and then i would just kind of like pick a new scene every day or week or whatever and just try to like figure out the vibe and i would watch like a, a lot of like 70s action movies uh and see what they did or what vibes they went for yeah. in, in certain situations and just kind of tried to like make my own versions of that and watch a lot of writing instrument yeah yeah Uh, a lot of bond a lot of uh my favorite thing about all those 
old James Bond movies is? How they're so boring. <laughs> they are boring. They are so boring. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say like I I tried to watch some James Bond movies <laughs> and then I was just like maybe I should watch something else. Cause <laughs> I got a VHS. Also, the music set. is not yeah. exactly what I'm going for, except except for like. I made I had a playlist of like all the Bond like themes because there's a song on the record that's like mm-hmm. the, the theme, but the rest of it is more inspired by like kind of like Steve McQueen kind of like car yeah. chase yeah. things. Yeah. I do we can't pass over over Trouble Man. Everybody listening should listen so to cool. that soundtrack. It's so cool. I love that time period too with like Superfly and Shaft. And then there's all the what's that? James Brown. James Brown did a a uh, soundtrack for it was called Black Caesar. Mm. Also nice. very very good. That was a great great period in James Brown's career too, where he's getting funkier. Love it, like jazzy. Um, so yeah, yeah. So you so you mapped out the the scenes. Was it a tough sell to polyvinyl? It no, because so my wife is in like uh essentially like tv commercial production and something that is and you probably know about this because you have a real job as well uh something called a pitch deck Mm -hmm. and so she had made a lot of pitch decks which is kind of just like a, a pdf with pictures and some you know like information and so i didn't really i'm sure i didn't have to do this but i i i understood that most record labels probably don't want their artists to come to them and say, Hey, I want to make an instrumental album. Uh, and mm. so I was like, all right, how can I make this like a good, I seem like a good idea or whatever. So I just made a pitch deck that kind of like very concisely said what the record was going to be like and the themes and everything and how much it would cost to make it and all this shit. And, uh, and just kind of uh, made a meeting with, with somebody at the label and uh like a zoom meeting but i didn't send them the pitch deck until the right when it started and so i could you know in real time you know walk them through the whole thing and so that's how i who i mean i i think polyvinyl probably would have done it uh done the record without that but it really made it a lot quicker of a yes maybe yeah it was really cheap to make too. It made it in here, you know, and with just friends and shit. So, did you have fun doing this one? I did have fun doing this one. Hell yeah! And maybe that was part of like me realizing how much not fun I had been yeah. having, <laughs> right? Because I was like, well, this is I'm just having such a better time, and I would love it if I could just have fun. As well, it's I- also just like you're, you know, what you're aiming for. You know what the sounds are as opposed to i'm sure just the amount of pressure that you're putting on yourself the second guessing that you're putting on any you know totally um another great laura performance on the title track oh my god um i love that video too masterful (laughs) directed by clay tatum Great director. He's done at least one music video for all of my records, all all Chris Farron records. The the bit just with all of the names. Yeah. Once the names started coming 
I was like, oh my God. And then they. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, your new album, Doom Singer. Yeah. This is out now on polyvinyl. Out now. Um, So, I noticed that the writing credits on all these songs are Chris Farron and Frankie Impostato. Yes. Frankie is the drummer of Max Seal. We touched on Frankie a little bit. How did how did you meet Frankie, and how did she come to be your co-writing partner? Yeah, so Frankie and I met. We were both opening, or so I was opening for a band called Free Throw on mm-hmm. a tour in 2018. Wait, 2019. Uh. And Max Seal, Frankie's band, was like the first of four band. Um, great spot. <laughs> and uh, um, and it was just one of those situations where you're just on tour with some like a group of people and you just find your people, you know? And so that mm-hmm. was kind of me and the whole Max Seal crew that. And so on that so during that tour i was planning my headline tour for born hot and i asked well actually frankie said you should take us on that tour and i said okay <laughs> <laughs> um and so and then we we all like rode together on the born hot tour uh so i just became really close with with everybody in max seal and then when the pandemic dropped frankie and i just kind of started facetiming each other like mm-hmm. every day and it kind of just we just did it we just kept doing it and just kind of uh yeah we just we just became just really really good friends and now i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna marry frankie and her wife at their wedding oh my god you believe it have you ever done that before i have not i've done it a couple times yeah laura stevenson advice? Yeah, I would love advice. Laura Stevenson did it for me and my wife. Oh, uh, but yeah, what? Yeah, give me some advice. Get them out of there in fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, it. It'll, I think shorter probably for me. Yeah. Yep i i I did one, and it was under fifteen, and then I did another one, and it was a little bit over fifteen because they did their own vows, and I was kind of up there just like hitting that watch, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, these are really cute vows that you came up with, but I mean. Time is money. Could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me then again about about the collaboration. Like from a non-musician standpoint, can you explain what's creatively different about just working with a drummer in terms of songwriting? I like guess somebody's, you know, thinking, well, you got the chords, you got the lyrics, that's the songwriting. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so the process was, so at first it was just, so Frankie played a little bit on, um, death. Don't wait. There's like a few songs where she, where she recorded her parts like remotely. Um, and that went well and was super easy. And, just the more as we were kind of like coming out of of uh, the pandemic, blah blah blah. Um, 
you know, kind of this idea of like, uh, you know, I want to be having more fun doing this. Like I'm, I'm kind of like sick of being alone doing this. It's not really like, I feel like I've done what I've wanted to do alone. And now I would like, Hmm. uh, just a little bit more camaraderie in my life, you know? Because yeah. like, I, I I would definitely start noticing, like, even on, like, the Born Hot tour, which was, like, the the most successful headline tour I had ever done up to that point, um, that it was, like, especially in the times when it was, like, a really good show, at the end of the night, I would be in my little green room alone, mm. and I would just be like, I guess that was cool. <laughs> you know, like when like good stuff is happening to you, but you're alone, it just kind of feels like nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was, so that kind of was like a seed that got planted in my head. And then, um, do you talk yourself out of like, that was good too? Do oh, you get into that? Certainly. Yeah. I, I would imagine like if that was me, like by the time I'm out the door to go to the next town, I'm thinking that actually wasn't good. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm very much like that. So, so yeah, that was kind of a, a seed that was being planted in my head and just also I had never really uh met anybody that I was like, "Oh, I want to be in a band with this person all the time. I want to spend more time with this person, blah blah blah." And but then Frankie came along and and and, and the perfect and plays the perfect instrument <laughs> for this situation. <laughs> uh, so I was, I just started talking to her, like, would you want to, you know, maybe we could uh, make a record together, maybe tour with me and stuff. And she was really stoked and excited about that. I mean, come on, it's me, freaking Chris Farron, the singer <laughs> of fake problems, a band she had never heard of. Um, <laughs> uh, uh and so then we just started. And so then I just started. I, I started writing songs, thinking of like, okay, my, I need to write my next record. And so when I was, you know, writing like in this room, initially like making the demos and shit, I I was already kind of like, once we had talked about it, I started kind of. I feel like I was writing more for a drummer as opposed to so i when i with born hot specifically one of the main thoughts in my head was i need to make this um 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 i I need to make this record feel the way it feels to see me play a show Mm, mm -hmm. you know like alone to backing tracks and my projectors and shit and so i was kind of writing towards that so with doom singer i was like well i I want there's going to be a a real drummer on this so this is going to be a a bit, you know, uh, more bombastic or whatever. So I kind of was, I, I was kind of felt a little bit more freedom to write in that direction too, to be like a little louder and more rocking, you know? Yeah. Um, and then once I had the demos of that, you know, I sent them all to Frankie and then we figured out which ones we wanted to focus on. And How then many we demos would, did you do? Uh, if I had to guess, like sixty, probably. Holy shit! Yeah. Whoa. Just, just me, just my like, you know, little. Uh, but still, sixty complete here. songs. Yeah, I mean, fifty horrible songs. 
and ten that were bad that we eventually made good good enough to record. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, we we figured out like the ten or eleven songs to focus on, and then kind of Frankie figured out drum parts, and like we kind of just just a lot of working and talking about like the record with her, and, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. But how did it just take so much stress off of you to just have the sounds being given back to you? Oh, totally. That and just like, just just like literally so simply just a person in the room going, that's cool. Mm-hmm. When you're like trying to figure something out. Yeah. Like that's so huge. Because if I'm alone and I do something that it might be cool, but I hate myself so much or I'm so self-critical that I don't think of it or I, I don't like hear it. Just somebody else going, that's a good idea. Like that's just so yeah, uh, valuable to me. Yeah. I hear a song like Bluish and Frankie's drums are just so active. She throws these great fills just in the verses too. It's got to be so nice to just play off of somebody's energy. And like totally. there's so much personality in there. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. So Melina Duterte, aka J Som, yeah, produced this record. That's right. Aside from the J Som records, she's produced Chastity Belt, did some work on the Boy Genius record, yeah, and a very good Bachelor record with Palehound. How oh, yeah, did Melina come to be the producer of this? Uh, okay, so also kind of going back to my whole like change the way i want to do things vibe i when you're like george costanza you just do the opposite yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, when i was kind of trying to figure out like what frankie and i h- how we would because initially i was like well maybe i'll record it myself but it'll be with a drummer so it'll be a whole new thing or a whole new like feeling um but then i was like mm, do I want to do that? Do I want to <laughs> mm-hmm. mix this again? And like, there was just something, there was just something in my head that was just like, maybe it's time to, uh, explore new sonic, uh, whatever vocabularies. And, and I, I really just, you know, I wanted to work with more people. I wanted to, it to be a more collaborative experience for myself. Um, and so I reached out first to Polyvinyl just to be like, hey, do you think Molina would want to do this? And and then she wrote back and was really, you know, stoked to do it. And that was kind of it. And then I like went over to her house to just kind of look at everything. Um, and she was just showing me all this shit that I have absolutely no idea what any of it was. And I was uh-huh. like, looks good to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then and then just... But it was more about just like, oh, this like I had met Melina before and and we were friends on Instagram and shit. But uh, it was just one of those things where it's just like this person has a good vibe and I bet we would have a good time spending like all day together for a month. Yeah, yeah, 100 yeah, percent. I could imagine that the energy in those sessions was very, very low key and positive. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Her records sound 
so huge was yeah that so good at that yeah was that part of the appeal yeah i I mean i definitely wanted to i i I knew i wouldn't be able to make something or not i bet i would have been able to figure it out but i i didn't want to also like learn how to do a bunch of new shit um i i wanted it to be big uh sounding and uh Melina has just such a very specific and amazing style and talent that I was just like, oh, this is perfect. So I can, I don't have to worry about trying to make it sound like something because she's got that, you know, so I can just focus on like whatever little tiny shit I can control that I is more in my wheelhouse or whatever. Yeah. Cosmic Leash was the first song I heard for this record. It's totally blew me away i love how big the guitars sound thank you and that chorus is just a fucking hammer fist thank you yeah it's fun that's it has to be like what you have in mind but you never could have imagined yeah totally did that did that kind of come together in the studio was it did you go in with a pretty like loose Sort of like, here it is, like, let's do what we want with it. Uh, Kind of, like, basically when we went into the studio, I would say we had essentially like the structures of the songs all all sorted out. Uh, and, uh, you know, like the, 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 the raw like skeleton and the, you know, the bones of the songs and the structure and everything, but, but. I, I kind of purposefully didn't spend too much time trying to figure out like the guitar leads and like the synth stuff, because I knew that that would be more fun to do all together when we were in the studio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think cosmically same, similar situation it was just like, you know, the chords, like I could have played the song with Frankie with the guitar and, and drums and it would have been like, it's essentially what it is. But, um, but yeah, we added all the all little bells and whistles in the studio. You came up with some really cool sounds just like from something like Cosmic Leash to first place. The keys that open up that track are so fucking sick. I thought I was listening to an ASAP Rocky song. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just like a, a sampled acoustic guitar on my OP1. So just like playing like gong, 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 gong. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You write really good love songs too. I think oh, that that thank you. should be noted. I think that's something that's very consistent throughout your career is that you write very, very, very nice love songs. Thank you. From one wife I'm guy love... to another wife guy. I'm a fucking wife guy. <laughs> I'm a big fan too of the. <laughs> Sorry, but. This is the part where I just start talking about the social media shit that you've done over the past few years that like sticks in my brain. One of my favorites is every time you say my wife, Cassie Fitton, and then in parentheses, you put no relation. (laughs) Thank you. That and I think about the tweet of of yours um, about standing in the kitchen uh, trying to figure out what podcast to put on before you take the garbage out. That's fucking my I life. Do that shit every day. <laughs> I spend so much time stopping and standing somewhere and looking at my phone to listen to something. 
yeah, that will for a task that will take me 20 seconds, but I make it take two minutes <laughs> so I can find the perfect fucking section of a fucking Doughboys podcast to listen to. Um, also great videos um, on this uh, this new release. I really, really like the Thanks. Cosmic Leash video. Is that Clay again? Yep, Clay. Fantastic. Crisp yeah. Farron, I felt like that was for me. I thank you mm-hmm. for that. Hey, there you go, yeah. <laughs> I know it's been a long time, but... Um, the record's out. You got a hell of a tour coming up, too. You're going to the UK for a bit. Yep. Big UK, big USA. In the USA, we've got Diners. We've got Mo Troper. We've got Guppy. We've got a little bit of gay meat thrown in there. Past and future guests, aside from Guppy, we'll have to get them on one of these days. And you're taking Frankie with you? Are you doing, is it just Frankie? It's 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 just me and Frankie. Frankie's playing drums. I'm playing my guitar. We're doing like track backing tracks and shit. But yeah, very exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. I I am scared because I have still the tech is a little more complicated uh-huh. when you have a drummer. Uh, so I am still learning how to use all my little new tools uh, to make my show good. Um, but I work best under pressure. So the week before the, the tour starts, I will uh, begin. <laughs> <laughs> and I will have it all figured out by the, by the first show. Dude, pleasure as always. Come back anytime. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.